What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to Monday Night Master Debaters. It is the third night of Saturnalia, the Demon's Christmas Week extravaganza, and nothing but dark energy. You know, you got to feel it, got to love it, got to enjoy it. The Christmas spirit, right, guys? So uh, we got a fun one tonight. We're going to go a little into the sports world and probably a little into the conspiracy world, a little all over the place, as we usually do here on Monday Night Master Debaters. We got Alex from Profit Picks here. How's it going, brother? Doing great. Happy to be here. A fellow mass hole. I'm in the holiday spirit. I'm coming off a winning week, unlike last year. So everyone's getting a good gift this week. Everyone's (laughs) getting good gifts. We were talking about that beforehand because, you know, there's nothing worse than losing, especially around Christmas time. Cause you're always, you're always like, fuck man. Now, now I got to fucking skimp out on presents. Now I got to, you know, now the budget's tight. Now I'm going to, you know, what do I do for new years? And and then on the opposite side, what you're doing right now, you're on, you're on a little bit of a heater. So little it's up always and up comes and... in waves. It always comes in waves. It's either you're, it's either you're on a nice two week streak winning streak or it's on a losing streak, but there's never like, it's a roller coaster ride when you gamble, especially when you're betting on UFC. You know, there's always one con job a week. You know, I heard Ryan's a big fan too. I know you guys are both big fans. If I say, what's your number one rigged fight that you've, if I say UFC's rigged, what's the number one example you're going to bring up? 
And maybe some recency bias, but that Patty fight. Oh, that was, that bad. was great example. That was bad. Very recent, but that's it's fresh in my mind still. That reminds me of that poor guy with that forty thousand dollar, five hundred dollar parlay riding on George Jared Gordon and just got robbed. Mm. Yeah, it sucks, man. It, it's pretty clear. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Matt, do you have something in mind that's not so recent? I was trying to think of some of the older ones because there was a lot. We, we were talking about this before, too. A lot of screw jobs back in like the 2010, you know, era. But back when uh, Anderson Silva was big and guys like that, there were, you know, it was decisions on the regular where you're like, what? And it did it, it didn't make any sense. You had judges on one side scoring at 10-8 one way, and then the judge of the same fight or same round is judging at 10-9 the other way. It's like, wait a second. How do you have that? I don't know if you saw this last one, Jared Cannonier and, and Sean Strickland, but the judges did exact opposites. Opposites. I think yeah. that there. I've mentioned this before. I think that this is to try and usher in some AI element to judging or, or some kind of computerized judging in some some sense. Um, another good one. I forget who Kimbo Slice fought. I think it was back in the I don't know what organization it was with, but he was supposed the guy was supposed to wrestle Kimbo and he didn't. And he knocked out Kimbo right away. Like in but the guy with seconds. the pink hair. Yes. 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 I remember that. Fight. Yep. So that was I mean, that, that was clearly rigged. It was supposed to go the other way. But because that was when uh, Kimbo exploded his ear. Right. Yeah. He, Kimbo blew up his ear with one punch and then the and then the dude came back and knocked him out. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And what then he guys, was sacrificed early on. What do you guys think about the James Krause case that's kind of blowing up right now? I think yeah. he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar, honestly. You I mean, think I so? Think it, I think it happens more often than you know. Oh, I think it happens all the time. You know? uh, my uh, partner, uh Jared Lennon, he, he's a uh, amateur fighter and he trains with a lot of professionals whether it's in bellator or whatever and he always says these guys have a lot of property you think they make no money you know 10k to show 10k to win whatever but somehow they're flipping this money and making and getting a lot of property and it just tells me like they have to be gambling on the side they have to be mm. yeah why wouldn't not, you not that much sponsorship money you know and especially <laughs> for low-end guys you're getting enough to maybe cover your expenses at best. Yeah. If you don't have a belt or you're not somebody like Sean O'Malley or one of these, you know, ultra viral people, Patty Pimlet's another good example that's able to monetize like the social media aspect of it. If you're not one of those guys, you're not getting that much money, man. Like, and, and you know, you get a good a chunk of money two or three times a year. That's the most that they'll really let you fight at that high level uh, with some exceptions. So, I mean, you got to think $20,000 for these lower level fights, even in the UFC, that's 60,000 max a year plus taxes coming out. You never know. I mean, I know in Vegas, you they got to pay your gym. Out. You got to pay your expenses. And dude, know. those are lump sum payments. You're spending money a year round. You know yeah. what I mean? So like y y that shit spends just as quick as it comes in. I've been learning that a lot recently. Not yeah, having a day job. They're cutting. They're cutting down They're cracking down on all those illegal sites uh all the ones that we were watching them on this year like he's gold crack streams all those stuff to save you a buck or two they all got shut down this year and they're all uh getting put back up on different sites mm. so they they're hitting them hard this year yeah, yeah stream I've, I've, still I've noticed even on the fire stick 
you know, when you go in through uh, Cody, it's it, it's been there's some fights where it's a challenge to get a good stream. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, they're, they're all just trying to save money. It's a mafia thing, you know, so Definitely. they got to they got to make sure that the right people are getting paid. And I think that's it. The problem with it is, though, and, and we were talking about this beforehand too, Alex, is, you know, you don't want to see guys hurt fighting, right? You don't want a guy going into a fight injured. But like we were just talking about only allowing these guys to fight a couple times a year and not maximizing being able to maximize their profitability. They have to fight injured. You know, these guys can't skip a fight. They can't skip a paycheck. And and that's where a lot of this shady shit comes in. Like we were talking about with Krause, because if he knew his guy was injured going into it, boom, he can, he, he, there you go. You let everybody know. Yeah. My guy's injured. He's probably going to take a dive in the first, first, you know, contact. He's going down. That's it. We're, we're, we're getting out of there. And okay. Boom. How many times does that happen? He's probably yeah. done it so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just this time he got caught. Because I feel it, like he's the fall guy, though. No, oh, but you know what it is, too? That's what I was saying. Welcome welcome to the show, right? But this is what they do, whether it's politics, whether it's the NFL, NBA. Mm-hmm, you're going to pick right. one person, make them the face of it. It's it's like what they did with Tim Donahue, mm-hmm. right? In the NBA ref, referees. He was the only ref that was on the take. There was just one. Come on now. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. We got to look at the bigger picture because Yeah, so they're going to put somebody out there to say that they're doing something to combat it, but at the same time they know damn well it's going on and there's nothing they can do about it. Mm. Or nothing they want to do about it because it just brings a black eye to them and their quote-unquote partners who are the ones profiting off this don't give a shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I do think that Kraus is kind of that that uh, bag man, so to speak. Right. He's not like the the one at the top of all this stuff. But speaking of fighting hurt, I don't know if you caught that that this weekend. I think it was Rafa Garcia and Mahashat Mahashetti. I think it was a Chinese. Dude shot that, yeah. You. yeah, that's what it, I mean. It's a Chinese guy. I thought it was machete. I was just calling him machete the whole time. But dude, he sliced open Rafa Garcia. Did you watch that? They said he lost. 20% of his blood at the hospital. Oh, I couldn't believe they honestly that was one of the small bets that I lost. I had a small bet on Mahashate. Me too. And I thought it was easy money after that cut. I was Me like, oh, too. they're gonna stop at any second. He's gonna be woozy in the corner. But the trend of that card, because the UFC's trendy, they like to put a lot of it's like a puzzle. Every card's a puzzle. You had a number 12 facing a number nine, two of the fights. One of them got through the gate, and one of them didn't. Manel Cap broke into the top 10. Izmir Ismagulov didn't. You know, they like to put two of everything on every card, but the whole early main card, early prelims, I'm sorry, it was all tough fighters showing their toughness in a three-round war. Mm-hmm. It was just them getting dominated, tough fighter versus a better fighter, and they were just getting dominated. And it's crazy that the UFC can put the same type of fight back to back to back. The matchmakers are great there. Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard know what they're doing. They're professionals, and they set the card up, and they put fights in an order to try to make you lose money so that you chase your losses. It's strategically right. made like that. Well, that's what DraftKings is known for. I mean, DraftKings is the home of that, being able to being able to chase, you know, keep chasing. They give you the in-game, you know. It's, it's amazing now what you can bet on, unless you're in Massachusetts. <laughs> dude there was uh 
yeah, I, I switched away from from DraftKings. I'm using FanDuel now. I don't know if that's much better. Same, but so much better, so much better though. I've never seen DraftKings return a bet. It, no. In FanDuel, if there's a really bad robbery, they'll refund you. A lot of times in injuries, they'll give they'll you your money back. They'll refund you. And once I saw that, I said, oh, I can't wait to get a FanDuel account. Well, what happened for me and what made me switch was, yeah, there was a couple shady things, but there was one thing where I was making a bet on the over under for the points of a Chiefs game. I forget what the exact. Oh, yeah, we were talking were. about that. Oh, when my they went God. to overtime, right? Dude, I got so fucking pissed because apparently they count overtime as part of the fourth quarter, which doesn't make any fucking sense at all. I mean, there's four quarters and they're all equal amounts of time. That's what makes it a quarter. One quarter can't be 26 cents and the other ones are 25, right? I mean, that's not what a quarter is. So in this case, yeah. I bet I, my bet hit and I had $90 on it, which is a lot for me. $90 on this over under. They went over. Um, or no, they stayed under at the end of the game, but then going into overtime, since it was tied that three points or seven points, whatever it ended up being at the end counted as, you know, and put them over the edge. It was like one point that I was under by. And so it all fucked up, but dude, and I, I emailed them and they're like, well, the, the overtime counts as the fourth quarter. I'm like, that's bullshit, man. So I just switched right away. After did that. FanDuel, did, would FanDuel have taken care of you, you think? Well, FanDuel does it the right way. And I've actually had the same thing happen where like it, the fourth quarter is the fourth quarter. Overtime's a separate, separate bet. So, yeah. Let me give you another. Let me give you uh, two ways uh, DraftKings screwed me this month or actually two weeks last week with the Ankalaev card. So I, I don't parlay. Yeah. Usually I usually round robin. It's a little bit safer. So if I lose a pick or whatever, it's still will make a little bit of money or get my money back. So I had a five team round robin. Last leg, all the legs won. The last leg is Ankaliyev to win and over one and a half. Um, he doesn't win. He doesn't lose either. It's a push. He goes to a decision. It's a draw. So it should be a push. But technically, since my bet is a prop bet, it lost. Mm -hmm. And instead of making like an extra couple hundred dollars off a push, it, lost, it cost me money. And... On that fight, I don't know why. I had a feeling that it was going to go to a split decision. So I bet the split decision. I put like $40 on it. It would have paid, or what did I put? I don't know. Nothing crazy, but it would have only paid like three to one or some garbage. But I bet that, and the fight goes to a split draw. So one judge thought Yan won. One judge thought Blanche, um, Ankalaev won. And one judge thought it was a draw. And I'm like, oh, that's money. That's a cash. And I look at my account. I'm like, why didn't I get paid? And I look in the fine print. It says, fight to be won by split decision. I'm like, oh, those bastards. So that's those an impossible bastards. thing to achieve. You can't do that. That's what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. I was like, this is bullshit. I, I bet the fight would go split. And I could have sworn back in the day, if I bet split decision, it would say fight to go to a split decision. Now it's to be won by a split decision. They're shaving the draw right off. Mm. And I mean, how often does it happen? You know what I mean? So like they could totally just like you said, at least give you your money back. But yeah, yeah man, they're they're ruthless over there. Yeah, they are. FanDuel is a way better sports book, in my opinion. Way I'm safer. right there with you. Right there with you. And you see DraftKings sponsoring all these big entities other oh, than yeah. the NBA. I think FanDuel sponsors the NBA, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, UFC, 
big shows like the MMA Hour. I don't know if you watch that show. Do you watch that show, Matt? Yeah. It's a great show, dude. MMA Hour. That's actually why I think Patty won that fight via split decision. Because all the real fans saw that podcast with Dana White. And he's sucking off Dana White for an hour. Hating on Ariel Awani. You know, he's sucking up to the big boss, man. And then Ariel goes on the podcast and makes them both look horrible. Yeah. Patty's Pretty- an anti, uh, anti, anti-vaxxer. Like he hates on people that are anti-vax. It's not a good look with like UFC fans. Nope. Or that so, haircut. Yeah. Looks like a douchebag. Yeah. What the it fuck's does. going on with that? Come oh, on. Man. Gotta look like it. It looks like a fucking boy band. Speaking of douchebags, did, did you get, did you get involved in the world cup at all? I uh, I had Argentina, and my partner in Profit Picks told me to bet Messi to beat the record for most goals, and that hit too. So yep. I guess it was pretty good, and probably the first time I ever bet soccer in my life. <laughs> Not Dude, my I'm, sport. I'm with I didn't honestly know what was going on, really, because uh, I, I saw like a highlight last week, but then my, my brother-in-law texted me on Sunday morning. I was dropping my son off. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey, the World Cup's on. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, the final World Cup's on right now. I'm like, oh, shit, I didn't even know what was going on. He's like, oh, he's like, it might be a replay. Let me check to make sure. And he's like, oh, no, no, it's it's live. So I was at the gym and you could hear there was like nobody was working out. Everybody's hanging out around the TVs and watching it. And all the Argentinian guys are going nuts. <laughs> yeah, they sent Messi out on top, dude. I think he was retiring this year, right? He's the he's the guy that's selling the pay per views. You gotta let him win. He's on. It was either him or Ronaldo, right? One of them had to win. Yeah, that Ronaldo dude's a douche. Yeah, they they have him on like bags of chips. They got him on on soda. They got him all over the place, plastered everywhere. So I kind of had a feeling he would win, but didn't Those bet guys on him. Are huge man. So- people in the U.S. don't understand. I mean, most. I'm, I'm yeah. saying, but anyone that knows sports knows how big these fucking soccer guys are worldwide. It's For sure. unbelievable. Everywhere else, but here. Yeah, I know. I know, right? We have the lowest market for soccer. Right. None. None. We we were talking about that last week. We're like, we should come up with an American version of soccer that combines soccer with UFC. So you're allowed to fight like hockey, you know, like so you get you get what was it right? Three three fights. Yeah, three fights a game. Three fights per game. You're allowed. So. Each person. So there can be up to what? I mean, how many people are on a soccer team? Well, we were going to change the field a little. We were going to change the amount of players a little bit because it's a little too much space. We want a little more contact. Okay. So maybe fields half the size. You got. Yeah. Though we're going half the size. Goal was twice the width. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. Okay. Hey. I'm, I'm about it. And fights. So like on corners and stuff, it's just elbows flying, man. Yeah. I bet we could, I could probably find a couple uh, entry level players for that. Yeah, toss them, yeah, toss them, you in. <laughs> It'd be funny. Yeah, to see him either run around with like like shin guards, like pads, and like you know UFC type gloves. Yeah, and you no, they yeah the they wear like t- like kickboxing shins, mouthpiece you know, that are like up to the knees. So you could kick and you could you could punch, but you had to square up. No cheap shots. Hell yeah, I'm down for it. You know, none of that like hockey Todd Bertuzzi shit where he would hit people from behind, knock them face first into the ice. <laughs> I don't know if you guys seen King of the Streets, but it's starting to sound like King of the Streets, but a soccer ball. Yeah, a I little bit. 
we we want we want some we want to bring back the violence you know bring it bring back make sports great again but that's too soft i mean i yeah, grew up right. i grew up in the in the 80s and 90s nba and nfl where dude you could basically take off somebody's head and it was no blood no foul I mean, these guys in the NFL were coming in head down straight for your jaw and trying to send you into la la land. And then NBA, I mean, for like two years, Michael Jordan couldn't go down the paint against the Pistons because they would just pummel him every time. And then we're talking like not even foul him. They just tackle him, punch him, you know, whatever they wanted. And now you breathe on some of these guys and it's a fucking foul. It's getting like that with football a little bit too. I've been noticing, and there's been some weird, weird plays. And and honestly, dude, I'm real interested to see how you do like your methods, of, like of like who you pick without giving too much of your shit away. No, no, I, honestly, I'm an open book. Um, I'm just the biggest conspiracy theorist. I use right. my conspiracy theorist mindset with sports betting, and that's how you make money. And you don't bet every day. That's another tip because sometimes you just there's not enough time unless you have a source. Once you have a guy who's studying, you know what I mean? Have a guy that's studying this sport all the time and only studies that sport. Mm. So basically, I, I only do UFC lately. I'll do NFL and NBA, but I like big games. You know what I mean? Where there's so much like the Super Bowl. It's easy. It's easy every year. It's it's mm. almost free money because you can just try to see the script. Like um, I can give you a weird example. Like have you seen the I did a re- weird YouTube video on the movie Focus with Will Smith. Okay. I pin this on my calendar. I seen it. My I watched it with my father. I want to say in twenty sixteen. The year it came out, but it came out five years before the fifty fifth Super Bowl, and it was starring Will Smith, Margaret Robbie, and it was all about subliminal messages and priming and brainwashing the gambler into betting on something, and. They brainwash this gambler to bet on a player on the field, number 55. And immediately I said, oh, this movie's going to have something to do with the 55th Super Bowl, my crazy mindset. And it sure did. Five years later, I go back to the movie and I'm, you know, watching it over and over again, some certain scenes, trying to find the, the messages. And I found it. They went to, in the movie, they go to Super Bowl 17. And I'm like, why would they go to Super Bowl 17? It has to be a clue. The real Super Bowl, and they had different teams than the real Super Bowl 17, which was strange to me. I was like, so, just blew my mind. The real Super Bowl 17 had a Miami team or a Florida team versus an Indian team. And this year, well, the year of the 55th Super Bowl, an Indian team was taken away. The Redskins lost their name. So, it was only leaving one team left, this Chiefs. So the Chiefs went and Tom Brady went. Okay. When he was team. with the uh oh when, when he was with the Bucks. The same year he transferred over. Yep. So it was a Florida team versus an Indian team in Super Bowl seventeen. And I said, Thank you, Will Smith. But he had me, though. He had me because the whole movie would have had you betting on the Saints because they're in the Saints stadium. Wow. Drew Brees' retiring year. But really, it was all about the guy who sells jerseys, which is Tom Brady. Drew Brees don't sell jerseys. And someone told me that a long time ago. A lot of the NFL, what they do, and the outcome is about merchandise, too. 
not a lot of people think about that, but they they sell a lot of merchandise, and sometimes it's about building up stars. That's why Joe Burrow went last year. He's still selling jerseys, right? In that Super Bowl that you're talking about, was it the Bucks versus the the Chiefs? Yep, Bucks the versus Bucks? The Chiefs. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just I was wondering where uh, where is Drew Brees coming in there? In the movie, they shoot the film, and their Super Bowl seventeen is in the Saints Stadium. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, you seeing State Stadium, me watching that movie over and over, I was like, Yo, right, I'm right. really kind of thinking the Saints right now. And uh, I did put on a future on the Saints, but I had <laughs> right when I, right when I saw the Saints playing Tom Brady, I said, "Oh, I'm fucked. I'm off." Right. And I had to go re- replay it. And um, last year I smashed it too early, but it was all just a complete luck box of information. Um, I made a TikTok about it. It went a little crazy, but uh, uh, it was um, just stupid numerology, like the 99th day of the year and you got, or the 44th day of the year and you got two, four seeds playing each other, both with the same Jersey numbers and stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, Zach but, Hubbard blows my mind with that stuff. Yeah, he, he's good. I think he's more of a gatekeeper. Yeah. But... Oh, without a doubt, dude. I trust none of these guys on YouTube. You know, get the fuck out of here. But what what they, you know, I watch a lot of his stuff live, like while the game's going on, like on the big games, just mm. to see. And usually they're pretty spot on, you know. Mm. And then and then afterwards, though, is where they start, you know, adding the fluff to it. You know, it always ties back to the Jesuits or the Masons. Um, you know, he always has a tie to this and that. And it's like, okay, guy, come on. Yeah, and he, you know, he won't mention, you know, God too much. No, never. You know, he's uh, quite a hater. But, you know, regardless, he has a lot of good information. And he, a lot of his people are good sources, too. You know, yeah. the group chat there is just mind-blowing. Yeah. That's the thing. There's a lot of people now, you know, and that's the thing. You can you can do this full time. You know, there there's plenty of people that now do this. That's all they do. Twenty four seven. And it's yep. like, holy shit, man. I, you know, I wish I had the stones to just give it a shot. But it's all right. They get trapped, too. They get oh, trapped, of too. course. <laughs> but you never see that. That's the that's the thing with this shit. It's so shady because it's much like the Facebook, Instagram world. Where you see all the good sides, right? The family photos, all the winning tickets. You don't see the day where you got <laughs> your tits lit. You don't. You don't see the day where you know your wife screaming at you because you forgot to take out the garbage. You forgot to pick up a kid at school or something. You know that that shit's not on Facebook. That's not on social media. And and the losses aren't always out there either. So some of these guys are real shady with that too. Yeah, I do have that problem where, you know, when you just get a loss, you don't even want to go online. You, nope. You're called in the mush and you need to get out the mush. And if put you're in, in the box, mush, put him in the bathroom. And if you become Joey the mush, you just need to you need a day to yourself. You need to just you don't need to be on social media. You need to go to work and go do your research. You know what I mean? Social now, media for is those, for winners. For those that don't know, what is a mush? A mush. Okay, so there was a, a famous gambler named joey the mush and he always lost (laughs) (laughs) it's a famous story you have to research it yourself it's a long story but um he's just the definition of bad luck bad luck was in the dictionary his face would be right there so 
whenever you have a losing uh, losing day, we call it the mush. And if you're you have a losing pick, or if you have a sad face after a fight or something, you're the mush, and we're fading you the whole night. That's so funny, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I've had those moments. The, typical, the mo- typical gambling term. It's a big character in a lot of uh, mafia movies. You know, every mo- every it seems like every mafia movie has a mush in it, and everybody's like, "Get out of here!" Oh, he bet on it. Oh, we're fucked. We lost. You know? It, it, yeah, you ever seen uh, Goodfellas with uh, fucking Al? Yep. What's the Campbell one with? Hey, oh, what's the one with? Uh... Oh, damn it. With the kid who dates the black girl. Um, a mafia movie? Yeah, old Italian movie. Not mafia, but it had De Niro in it. Uh, De Niro was a bus driver. He was his dad, the kid's dad. Oh, man. Bronx Tale? Yes, Bronx Tale. That's it. Bronx Tale, where he, he's got the mush, and, and they're playing dice. And he, he, they go put him in a bathroom. So they take the guy who's the mush and they throw him in this, this big fat guy in this tiny little bathroom. They shove his ass in there so he can't be around the game and bring it. <laughs> so basically, you got bad juju, man. You right. got the maloik on you, you know, so nobody wants to be around you. Interesting. That's got to have happened to me before. I think you're, you're we can't hear you. His volume's off, I think. Alex, you're on mute. Yeah, it does happen to you. <laughs> If you're a gambler, it's happening. If you had a losing night at the casino, you're the mush. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah. a spirit and you don't want it. No. And it seems like it doesn't leave until like, what What do you do that makes it leave? Win. Uh, yeah, you have to get a win. win. Or <laughs> say, the, say the gambler's prayer. You say, Lord, I just want to break even. <laughs> okay. And then that sets it all. Sets yeah, it all but back. then you get even. Then you got to leave. You don't keep then You lose it all again. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Certain, but I, I'm I'm more of a. My flaw is that sometimes I'm a suspicious gambler, right? So it's a horrible habit. That's why you don't want to play table games. You want to bet on information that you can see. See, so going you- to a casino is a is a psychological operation in itself. Exactly. Right. That exactly. thing is set up as a, a mind control central right in there. They got it- they have ways to reel you into everything. Sometimes, bro, if you have enough money to chase all your losses, you could be at a table for 24 hours and right. not even know. And eight, you thought two hours passed, and you're like, dude, I've been here for 24 hours. Holy shit. It's happened. Uh-huh. It's happened. So yeah. I, I'm guessing you're kind of a simulation, dude. Are you, or do, you, do you support that idea of like a simulation that we're to in? To an extent, I probably have a more unique version on it. But yes, I, I'm a big fan of that theory. However, I am I am a Christian as well, but I mean, could be in a computer. Right. Yeah, I'm just wondering how all this stuff would be set up so intricately, how they know who's going to win, how they oh, set you're the saying odds. in the casino. I'm way off. <laughs> well, no, no, like in no, general, in general. Because, yeah. because the, the sports like these are human beings playing these games. Right. Mm-hmm. So how are they how are they controlled at the level to where it's so predictable? Is it the ref? I'll give you a, no, I'll, I'll give you just a tip. I'll give you a tip. If you're gambling on something that you know nothing about, I'm going to make you money right now. I'm going to put some fucking <laughs> money in your pockets right now because this works with everyone. Okay. Dave Portnoy showed this, uh, um, promoted this first. He wore a shirt and it said, fade yourself. 
if you're watching something you have no idea you know anything about like i'm saying you did no research you know all the players on the team you know nothing whatever you instantly like and would bet immediately bet the opposite way without thinking about it and just force yourself to fade yourself you're like yeah i would bet this right now but i'm gonna bet the opposite way because they always will manipulate you to lose because you know why Think about this. How many times have you watched a UFC card and you'll bet every fight, but you'll watch like the highlights of the fighter right before they fight? Because right, right. the highlights will manipulate you on who you're going to bet. Yeah, because so, they always look good. Like the social exactly, media show. Yeah. Exactly. They'll show like this guy's shitty highlights with him getting a couple takedowns, but then they'll show this guy's highlights of him getting three knockouts. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, then well, you're and, they, be like, and they even get you down to the tail of the tape. You know, they'll show yep. you height, weight. Oh, he's got a reach advantage, you know, up oh, and, and, and they they'll mind fuck you all the way through till the fight starts. That's funny, dude. Yeah. You know, so what was I going to ask? I was just about to. Oh, how do they how, do you know how they set these odds based off of that? Because it can't just be algorithms doing it. I, I got it's got to be something where they're taking what most people would want to bet just based off of either their fandom or what it is. And then they do kind of the opposite because you'll see like the, you know, the favorite, obviously for those out there that don't know, we got a lot of people that listen to both of our shows, Matt, that don't bet. And so like the negative, when you look at the negative number, you would assume that that is an underdog, right? When, when they have the negative by their number, but it's the opposite. It's the positive has the, they're the the underdog so it seems like they kind of take some of this shit and they use it to their advantage to the gambler's disadvantage is that is any of that true or like yes absolutely the algorithm there i believe that there are algorithms that they use but they have line makers who are professional and they'll go over it and they're probably the ones creating the algorithm but the algorithm is crazy and here's the thing they'll consider public opinion so they know how to set traps. Right. For example, like Patty. They set the line so high, which was unvaluable, especially when watching the fight. You know, watching that fight, he was he was an underdog in the third round. You could have live bet him at plus 250. But wow, I'm saying, but and immediately, I always watch the live lines. If you want to bet UFC without knowing anything, bet it live or do the fade yourself method. Because they'll get you. But for example, he's plus 250 in the third round. And I said, he lost every round, even the third one that I'm watching. And I, and I, or at least like, you know what I mean? It's, it looks like he's going to lose to, to um, over 50% of people. He looks like he's going to lose. And in my head, I'm saying, why is it so low? This guy's down about to lose a decision and he's plus 250. Right. You know, it's a robbery. It's a gift. Someone's pounding that while everyone's pounding the other line. Everyone's going, oh, I'm going to dump minus 350 because it's a lock. He won every round. On Gordon, yeah. Exactly. So if it's too good to be true, it is. But you can smash some really good things live. Like, I'll give you another good example. Dan Hooker. I don't know if you watched the last Dan Hooker's fight. Right. Yeah, Claudio Poyas, that fucking fraud. He was just grabbing legs. He grabbed his leg. He got his leg, and he got Dan on the ground, and he almost had him in an ankle pick. Or even a, what was it, a knee bar? Yeah. I don't really remember. But the, I'm watching the live line. I'm not even watching the fight. He Within one minute, Dan Hooker went from the favorite 
to a my a plus twenty five hundred underdog, plus hmm. twenty five hundred. So that means a hundred wow. would have paid you twenty five hundred, two thousand and five hundred. I went, what the? F-? I just had to put forty on it for fun. And then I look up, and now he's back up on the feet, and the line went back to even. And I'm like, wow. So you could have cashed out already at a profit. Yeah, then you can start hedging. It's easy. You know, live betting in UFC is really good because if you know a fight's going to go long distance, you can bet one fighter as a dog, then he's winning the fight, and then you can bet the other fighter as a dog. There's a lot of instances like that every card, too. I will say, dude, I wish that I would have bet Leon Edwards uh, in the fifth <laughs> round versus Kamaru Usman, dude. You're, you would have been cashing in some fucking time. <laughs> that or uh, what was that recent one, too? Uh, fucking um, Adesanya and Perea. Yep. That would have been a nice one, man. I'll give you a tip. The fifth round has been the trend. Really? The, the, the main events usually go trendy. Like before it was the fifth round, it was the second round. Like yep. Usman's second round. No one saw him knocking out George Masvidal in the second round. And, uh, yeah, it was like last year was a lot of second rounds in the main event, but this main event for and championship fights, it feels like. But it's trendy, and the trend has been like fifth round crazy comebacks. That's mm. been the trend. And yeah, I, that's why I, Perea, I was live betting him. I was like, oh, do I really feel like he's going to crack? You know, you're getting the dog, you're getting the guy with the more confidence who's beat his opponent already in the past, and you never the, lost to him. And you're getting a bigger dude. Yeah. Well, Chael Sonnen has a great podcast. I don't know if you've listened to that one either, Matt. Uh, I'm, no. uh, Alex, you listen to that one? Chael Sonnen's? I, I definitely do listen to him. I was on that wave when he was picking losers every week. Dude, yeah. <laughs> the bad For picker. fucking ever. And I was just like, the Chael fade was so real. We were following that for months before. And just cashing. And... Then the second it hit mainstream and all the YouTube cappers were talking about it and everything, I said he's going to start winning, and he did. That was what uh, happened with that Yanni the Greek dude in yep. the contender. Oh, no, he's he's a fade in everything, though. Yeah. I would fade him forever, just on but principle. I think you, he's horrible. If you saw that last, the last episode, he hit, like, out of the five fights, he hit four out of five. On the last card, on the very last. Fight. I think I did see that. And I was like, wow, Gianni actually did good today. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Someone so gave him those picks. He didn't pick those himself. Right. Yeah, I know. He seems kind of goofy, but uh, and it sucks because he makes his picks like as the walkers are out there. So you can't really fade him in any prop bets or anything. Exactly. But, um, he's he's the casual. Right. Right. Even though he makes a ton of money, supposedly gambling, but it's uh, it's yeah, not on UFC. I'll tell you that. <laughs> It's yes. not on UFC, it's but strange, he's an man. insider. You know, anyone who knows Dana, like think of the Nelk boys, right? Whenever they're in house, they're winning. Right. And it makes me think of Dana White sitting in the crowd and he's just staring at Dave Portnoy and his partner during the Patty decision. And he's looking at him. They're looking panicked and he's looking at him like, don't worry. I got, I got you. you. Yep. Yep, he knows who was judging. He's a billionaire. How do you think he's a billionaire? He runs a sport that runs off rigging. I'll teach you something. The easiest sport to rig is one-on-one competition. Sure. One-on-one. You know why? I don't need to control both. I just need to control one. I need to they control one. They show that one. really well in Pulp Fiction, right? Yep. Take a dive. Your ass take a dive. Remember I'll that, give you that a fucking... great video to watch. This is a great video whenever I'm like teaching someone about gambling or you know they come with me and they know nothing about it i i put them on this video especially fighting i put them on this video and i go just take this into consideration 
watch the Mike Tyson hoax on YouTube by Industry Exposed. It's a great short documentary. It's a little bit different, but they show you in great detail how a lot of Mike Tyson's fights were rigged and why they were rigged. He's the Patty Pimblet of the UFC. You know what I mean? He's what the boxing ran off of. Right. Because before they got, him, they had no name, you know, exactly. big name. They had a lot of they had a lot of great fighters. You know, you had Duran, you had, you know, you had all these lower weights, but that doesn't sell. What sells is the heavyweights, is the knockouts. And in the, you know, in the mid 80s when he was coming up, there just wasn't that. I mean, Michael Spinks was like big time then. So I don't know. I, I think, yeah. And I wonder. And, and boxing was the one where it was kind of most obvious, right? But I think you had the same shit going on in the NBA. I think you had the same shit going on in the NFL. Um, and obviously in MLB too. I mean, I don't think, I think sports have been rigged for a long time now. Well, I started huh. at sumo wrestling. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. It was this where rigging one-on-one fights really started. Like, what's that Japanese mafia, the old Yakuza? <laughs> hey, shout out. No, yeah. you know, what's interesting though is why would they, why would they, in Mike Tyson's case, and I don't doubt you for a second, dude, I, I totally would buy it, but why would they have him get like these first minute, first 30 second knockouts if they have all these people buying pay per views? Because why wouldn't paid. they drag it out a little bit? Because you paid, they got your money, they don't get I a understand, shit. but like. Dude, I kept paying. I you paid got what you wanted all... to see anyway. You yeah. wanted the knockout. You I we didn't want, care we how long it took. They you wanted to see shit. him get the knockout and win. You wanted to see Mike Tyson win. You went there to watch the interview after. He said some crazy shit. It just doesn't, it, for the long term, which I guess they don't really care about it. Dana White did make a good point. Every boxing event's like a going out of business sale. Right, like they don't really seem always to been like that for a long time. Yeah, dude, it seems they don't like want it just the turned a lot of kids. round knock it, you know, you know, drag it out decision. They want a, a vicious knockout. You know, you think you're they want more that Francis versus Overeem where he knocks his head back like a rock'em sock'em robot. Shit. Well, yeah. Shout out to Uberim too. There. See oh. what you're talking about is why you should invest in the future of the UFC because. They don't. They only got. They have plenty of room to grow. That's why you sure. see so many new champions, who's never, where countries never had a champion. Mexico. You know, you got Brandon Moreno because they want to build that market up. With James Krause, nonetheless, he's a James <laughs> Krause fighter. Speak of, right. and then you got Playing you know Yuri Prohaska. Look at when Yuri Prohaska went to Czech Czech Republic. He just grew now, why, the market just by landing ask, with the belt. Dude, let me ask you this: Why? In the world with futures bets and all these things, all these people that had Yuri Prohashka as the champ at the end of 2022, why would he fucking give up the belt? <laughs> oh, I love you right now. I even think of that. Oh, you know why? Because I, oh, you just blew my mind. So I always thought about betting those futures. And when you see them, yeah, they almost get you too because you think it's this year, but it's really next year. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, all those people who had Yuri Prohaska for this year on December 31st are going to lose their belt. Oh. Actually, I don't even know if they'll lose because it's, no, they might lost. Be a, 
push. It might the, be a push. The reason I know that they lost. Well, no, he he willfully gave it up. So he lost the belt. So yeah, what happened? Vacant. It's vacant. So no one wins. And that's what's crazy is that a dude that works for he, he everyone loses GT. their money. There's no everyone should push. Right. Well, exactly. But push. dude, so many people, because there is a guy that works for the MMA hour, works with Ariel Helwani that's sponsored by DraftKings. Don't forget they, that's their main sponsor. They have Ariel Helwani um fucking uh, parlays and shit on DraftKings. So with that, GC is sitting there saying that he at the beginning of the year, he's telling everyone, dude, I went in hard on Yuri Prohashka to own to be holding the belt at the end of 2022. So, you know, a bunch of people had that bet along with them. And if they're going to cancel that bet out and make it so that no one fucking gets it and anyone that took that off probably took it with um, uh, Uncle Live. A lot of people thought Uncle Live was going to win. I thought Jan won, honestly, but I bet that's neither here nor there. But hey, we you think Uncle Live won? Yeah, I, I give one, one, two and three to Jan and then four and five uh, to Uncle Live. But I didn't give any 10, eight rounds either. So I don't think there was a tie, but I could rewatch it. But I felt like I was. Conf overly, I was definitely overly confident going into that decision. I was like, "This is the bag." I was waving the slip. Uncle Ive. Yeah, never wave the slip. Never take the slip out of your pocket. Either. Don't look really? at it. It's bad luck. <laughs> it's bad luck. I could name another instance where I pulled a slip out and it turned to shit. You never wave it out of the way, and you think you just no. You wait. Hey, so when are we going to finally be able to use the apps in Massachusetts? Probably by. January 1st, 2023, I'd say. Maybe they need the new year to start for the law to enact. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I'll never bet in Massachusetts. No. I will always bet in New Hampshire. Always. That's my recommendation. They're going to tax shit out of you. You can't even win $500 in Mass without getting taxed. Really? I mean, yeah. You go to New Hampshire, you win $1,000 and at least go home. You know, profit. Those are net profits, right? It's not winnings. They're net profits that they tax you on. Um, no, with the app, yeah, yeah, you can use all your losing slips, and it's definitely over net profit. But you have to make yeah. more than five, or I'd say it's about three grand profit, net profit in a day to get taxed. Because I was tripping out because I was looking at my FanDuel account, and I've got like thousands of dollars that I've bet over the mm. you know year, but mm. I've only profited a couple hundred bucks because like I'm winning, <laughs> like I'm winning yeah, some and then losing some, and like I usually leave a lot of a lot of the money in there. So like the money's going up and down. So it shows that you won five thousand two hundred, let's say, and you lost five thousand. So yeah, I was fine. like, yeah. fuck, are they going to fucking tax me on that five thousand in winnings? No, but mass yeah, would mass, mass would. would. Fuck, if, if Arizona tries to, I'm fucking moving to New Hampshire or something with Braun. But yeah, man, that's uh, some wild stuff, dude. You It makes you wonder like uh. It makes you wonder about these players. Like, why Why would Yuri Prohoshka, like I said, why would he give up that belt instead of holding it? No one would have faulted him for holding that's, that belt. That's such a good theory. I've yep. never heard of that, and that is genius. Well, um, I don't know if I necessarily have a theory, man. I'm, I'm kind of just asking the question. Like, that's why? so good, though. Yeah, but the fact that he would give, give it up with that bet, knowing that bet's out there, he could give it up January 1st. Yeah, because the shoulder injury came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you, we've been showing you that usually these people show up to the fight and he was going to show up to the fight with the shoulder injury, just like TJ Dillashaw. Yep. Fuck TJ Dillashaw. But I'm glad that he lost because I want some money on Aljo. I got that second round TKO, which was it would not have worked out in any other world. But because Aljo doesn't really knock people out, but I, I took it for some you, reason. You were one of those insiders. You, you were with skinny bets or something. 
Oh yeah, dude. No, fuck. someone is that the had guy from that Australia? insider info. Someone had info that someone was injured. It happened with um, like someone in my group. Every once in a while, you'll get the insider information, and you'll just be like, "Let's go!" Like Jacob Malcoon, someone in my group chat knew oh. that um, his opponent was gonna get has an injury, and he was gonna get cut from the UFC right after the fight, and everything happened was true. And I was just like. Nothing's worse than sitting one of those because you wish you bet it more. Right. Right. Yeah, man. There, uh, there was one. I forget the dude's name, but he he got knocked out and like or choked out in like thirty seconds. And my Australian buddy that I do like a little kind of just casual MMA podcast with, and he was saying like, "Well, let's go in on this. Maybe it was Minner, or was Minner the guy that got fucked up with Kraus? I think it's Kraus." Okay, there was another one where he was fighting, I think, like either Ode Osborne or some fucking psychopath. And this dude goes out and loses in 30 seconds. But there was like some inside hot tip that this this dude that we lost a bunch of fucking money on was totally game. And he was like going to make the fight com- competitive, goes out, gets gets finished in 30 seconds. So it, sometimes Bigger. those inside tips are. Well, that's the conspiracy of it, too, right? There is a major conspiracy in sports. We talked about it. We've talked about it, you know, until we're blue in the face about UFC judges. But then you got to look at the shit like the NBA. Like, I mean, there's that whole Netflix documentary on Tim Donahue, who anybody that doesn't know, he was an NBA ref that was found guilty of betting on games and possibly fixing games. And, you know, they made him out to be the scapegoat, but... Obviously, he was working with other people. He wasn't a one man band making all these, and he's making millions of dollars off these bets at the end. Of the, you know, there's massive bets relying on his information. So you see it in all sports, you know, and they say, oh, well, he's just a shitty, shitty official. Well, if he's that incompetent, should he be officiating at the top tier? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason why he's in there. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why they keep those shitty guys in there. And they don't lose their jobs and they get to do Super Bowls or World Series every now and then. And that's because I I really do. The more I watch sports, I feel like they're very rigged. Well, here's another question. So when it comes to the UFC, obviously, there's the element of the decision, right? I mean, if there's a knockout one way or the other, let's say that the judges are the ones that are rigging the fights, right? That's only the fights that go to decision. If, If a fight gets finished, the other two ways it can get finished by, you know, knockout, DQ, whatever, or sub, that's that's casting that aside. If the judges are responsible for rigging, why would this whole conversation be going on? Because it's such in the spotlight right now. You see oh, it's so not, much conversation. Right, it's not judges. just the judges. There's players in on it. There's fighters in on it. You know, it goes all the way through. There's, you know, owners are in on it. Right. You know, this is a whole it's a it's a racket it's a mafia right but i'm saying like if the judges are in on this shit which i'm not doubting that they are i actually do think that they are especially uh you know you have big john mccarthy's son who's a judge and i forget the controversial yeah isn't that a little uh nepotism there and then you have um what the fuck is the guy's name because he also judged a really controversial card in bellator in Connecticut, and then he flew across the country that very next day, and he judged the Patty fight, and he was the one that that you know made it like a ridiculous score for Patty. So this dude was judging a Bellator fight, scored it really controversially, 
flew across the country, fucked this one up too. And he'll be on the next card also. Oh, yeah, he's always there. But why would it be so obvious? Because so many people are talking about it. So many people are calling for this dude's head, so to speak. No one knows who he is, though. No one knows what he looks like. They're a dime a dozen. That's their job is to be a fall guy. That's what the thing is, though. That's what they are. They're not a dime a dozen. They were talking. I'll pay you a million dollars. Will you have everyone hate you? Right. But I mean, and who, who are these guys doing it for? They're doing it for the big fish. You know, oh, sure. They're doing it for guys where if they don't do it, they're waking up and they got to check under their car before they start it in the morning. Speaking but of this Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yeah. But dude, this is the thing, though, because I've been listening to this conversation a lot lately with the judges. They're not such a, so much a dime a dozen because you have to to get to that UFC level. You have to judge fucking thousands of hours of like amateur fights. And so no they wants say to do that. So they say. But I mean, like. If some judge pops out of nowhere and is just like, you super think Big John's kid did thousands of matches? Yeah, I don't doubt it, man. They're an MMA family. He helped start the UFC, basically. I mean, I don't doubt it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I find it. I find all these like it's it's all who you know. It's just like Hollywood, you know. Well, sure, it's, it's, it's a big club, and they let certain people in that are willing to play. Now. You know, they say, okay, well, it's the Nevada State Gaming Commission or the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Yeah. You don't think that's run by the mafia? You know, like the New York State, the New York State <laughs> Commission is one of the most com- corrupt commissions forever. I mean, we saw that with UFC. They wouldn't let UFC in because of a union dispute. Interesting. For years. I mean, it's all it's all a fucking fix. It's all who's getting paid. That's what sports boils down to. And I, you know, one of the things I've started thinking about the old, you know, the more I look at it with how outrageous these salaries are in sports now, do you think these guys are really getting paid that money or is it just uh, a number that's being passed around on paper? Like, do these, do these athletes get these $500 million or LeBron James, does he have a billion dollars from Nike or is it more just notoriety, you know, and mm. for the paper, they tell you, you know, we're going to pay him a billion dollars. What's interesting is with that quarterback that I forget the fucking guy's name, but he transferred from the, the Houston Texans. I think I want to say over to the Browns and he got Sean the most Watson? Deshaun Watson getting the most lucrative NFL contract of all time and then not even being able to play this season. What yeah, is that why, why can't he after play? a huge sex scandal? Apparently, yeah, because too. sure. He, yeah, he, he couldn't get a couldn't get a massage without whipping his snake out. I mean, a little tuggy at the end. Yeah. You know? I don't I know, mean, man. I just think that like I, it, and that's that, what I'm saying. I think it's all money wandering. I think that's what sports are. I think it's another avenue for money to be laundered. I mean, it's it's a it's all billionaires that own these teams you you know you or i even if we were a billionaire couldn't just walk in and say hey i want to buy a sports team no you got to go through all these hoops and processes and evaluations and then they vote on whether you are worthy of being able to purchase the team and right. I just that's why trump couldn't get the jets right they yeah they'd him never let him that's why he started the usfl because they wouldn't let him buy an NFL team. So he's like, fuck it. We'll start the USFL. And I'll own that team. Uh, and they dude, rigged it for him. That would explain why all these athletes get so much free shit. And who was really his big it. guy? Who was his big running back back in the day? It was Herschel Walker. Oh, nice. I mean, I didn't know that. it's it's all fucking. And once you start paying attention to this shit, it's all comical. Because it's the wor- they're the worst story writers ever. 
You know, like they write some of the shittiest, either A, it's the most predictable, you know, it's this Disney ending, or it's the opposite, and they just create this monster, and they have to let you know how bad this person is. And then or it's on just, to the next one. Or they just make something completely impossible happen, too, where you're like, that would never happen. And they just make it happen out of thin air. Yeah. Okay, well, then here's another theory. And if this hits, I, I don't know what I get. I get something just for calling this from, from like DraftKings. Shout out DraftKings. I was talking a lot of shit earlier. I deserve <laughs> something if this ends up happening. Okay, so you got this belt in the, in the heavyweight, the light heavyweight division that's still uh, not sitting with anyone right now um glover is or uh yeah he's supposed to be fighting in um brazil he's going to be fighting jamal hill right yeah like share or something uh feb january right is it january is it early i thought i thought it got delayed i might have saw a different fight it's it's the ufc brazil for some reason i'm pretty sure it's the very next uh ufc 283 so that would be here in january Anthony Smith, it's rumored that he's going to be the backup fighter for if one of these guys bails out, okay? Because they're traveling overseas. They need to make sure that they have a main event, kind of like they did with UFC 280. If Jamal Hill was supposed to fight Anthony Smith uh, in the one of the next, like, uh, you know, fight night type things, what if Texera pulls out and then Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill end up just fighting for the belt? That would just be the same maybe fight. They, would, they would probably cancel the belt if it was that way. I bet you if Glover's not fighting in it, it's not going to be a title fight. No, it would. if he's the backup, they, it's a t- he's a backup for a title fight. But that's a, like that's if Glover misses backup. weight, if Glover misses weight, because, well, that's the thing. Jamal Hill was su- was supposed to fight Anthony Smith re- like very soon. And they just pulled that fight like live on air while Anthony Smith was commentating behind the desk. He found out live, supposedly. Right. So everyone's like, oh, Anthony Smith. Sorry, man, this is rough. You found out live. You're being so gracious, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying if Glover misses weight and then Jamal Hill makes weight, Anthony Smith's the backup. That's going to be the same fight that was already scheduled for higher stakes. Texture is old as shit, dude. And he just got a champion in Alex Perea, too. So I don't know. I see that happening already. And I, I just think it'd be wild if it did. It would cause a lot of chaos, too. Oh, I think it would lose. It would be very bad for business. I think you can't I agree. Have a they did it for too long. A subpar heavyweight champion is bad for business. They got away with it for years because they had John Jones at light heavy. But if you this have, is light heavyweight though, yeah, light that's what I'm saying. Light heavy's oh. dead, and heavy's dead right now. You know, like Francis is just kind of lingering out there, and and he's kind of dead man walking because it's. But hear like, me out. Then again, the fans like Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill, dude. They yeah. really kind of do like him, actually. So maybe I am underestimating his market because I have to remember he got kneed in the head against John Jones, and he could have took the belt, and he didn't, and he but kept fighting. He and draw? people gave him so much respect for that, and everybody who saw that just had endless respect for him. Except for the people who bet on him. But does he draw? That's the thing. That That's what they're looking for. They're looking yeah, that's for a good question. Gate, you know, and that's why I don't see that. Even with, I mean, Glover, that's even a tough sell. 
you know, but I, I mean, I don't see either one of those three being a big draw and that's, that's the problem. You have to have these bigger draws at these championship levels at light, heavy and heavy. It sounds like it'd be a good fight regardless. Oh, it'd be a great fight. It's just afterwards. Who's the, you know, when you have one of them as the champ, I just don't see it as a huge draw. Jamal Hill versus Yuri Prochaska would be a sick fight for sure. I don't really respect Anthony Smith too much as a mixed martial artist. Personally, um, I think he's pretty dope. Seems like a cool dude. But um, I mean, we were talking about this, Matt, like he gets fucking hurt every time he fights. I think oh, he would beat Hill, though. Oh, I don't think so, man. Oh, I, bet, I, I think that would be the snipe dog pick. Everyone's so. on Hill, and I'm going to be sitting there to lift in my chomps on Anthony Smith. That's a good bet. I'm telling you, Tyler, I'm going to think about that, but I really think Anthony Smith is alive. Huh? He's been in there way more times. Hill came in as the favorite against Teixeira. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, what is going on? Plus 120? It's not bad. But I don't know, man. He fought uh, Yuri really, really competitively, man. So I just think it's uh I think everyone's going to bet Glover. It seems like a trap for me. It seems like a trap for me. And they could put in a certain ref in there because you know how Glover is. He always gets beat up for a round or two. Well, he looks bad for a round or two. You know what I mean? He absorbs all the volume. Hill's going to have a volume for him for the first few rounds. If they put a certain ref in there, they'll be able It'll to control. Yeah, Herb Dean could stop that in the first round, second round for a bad stoppage. And we've been seeing a ton of those. And that's another thing. The ref controls. The ref's a buyout, too. That's why you see the same refs everywhere. Herb Dean going uh, here, going there, flying here, Singapore. And then all of a sudden, he's back at the UFC. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, man. There's It's it's tough to know exactly what's going to go on. And then another big one, if we're sticking with UFC, is uh, the Freemason, Alexander Volkanovsky versus uh, Islam Makachev, the... Uh, Weird mountain dude. That seems like his his coach Habib is very tied in with some secret society shit too. So I don't know. I don't know if you saw that. Handshake. Oh, where'd you where'd you where'd you find all that? Tell me more. Well, so I don't know. Again, I do a show with an Australian dude. Okay, and he says that Freemasons in Australia, they're like every other person is a Freemason there in Australia. And when when Alexander Volkanovsky shook Islam Makachev's hand. They did that Freemason oh, handshake. Yeah, it was did. like the limp wrist, like, and they're two alpha males. They're not going to fucking shake hands like that, dude. Mm. So, yeah, mm. he did that. He did that weird Freemason handshake, called him out all corny in the ring at UFC 280. I don't know, man. I think that there's something funky going no, on. There. I, I have I another example of that. You can go see the I've been following the Jake Paul way for a while. I've been yeah, yeah. following it. He's the he's the great white hype. And he sells tickets, so I'm going to bet on him. He's going to win every time. I mean, yeah. easy money. And everyone hates him. He's like the next Mayweather. You know what I mean? They're just going to give him. It's just easy. It's just bet on the guy that everyone's fading. So Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, they do an interview. He gives them a Rolex gift. And then they shake hands after. And they, they did the thumb in the middle knuckle. Mm-hmm. Like right like that. Yeah. And I said, that's a sign. But what? What does it mean, though? It means I was looking into it for a day or two. I think I studied that handshake for a little while. I was like, if he puts it out first, does that mean he's <laughs> like the lesser Mason? But uh, it was a certain type of handshake, like the fellow. They were fellow Masons. Okay. But uh, you can't even see what he's doing on the other side. But how um, big? 
do you think it is in sports? You can just know it's a fix. You know it's a fix when you see that. And wherever it's a fix like that, I just think the A side, which is usually the side selling the ticket. You say in uh, Freemasonry, how big is Freemasonry in sports? Secret societies in general, because you see it a lot, you know, like, and I don't know if it's coincidence or whatever, but even I was watching after the World Cup, somebody on Instagram was posting shit about Messi being you know part of the illuminati or whatever he's got a big eye tattooed right on his bicep and he's doing this you know during the celebration and all that shit and it's like i don't know i mean i wouldn't doubt it the guys at that level you know you don't get to that level of hollywood without doing something i'm sure you don't get to that level of sports i mean look at guys like lebron james and shit i mean they are they are puppets well, the Freemasons also target these gifted people. Uh, that's what the Tubal Cain stuff is. Like Tubal Cain is there when you're when you're the best at something that you do. You're in their words, you're harnessing the energy of Tubal Cain, which Think is like 007. What's that? What do you mean? That's the two Balkan. Two Balkan. Yeah, you said two ball chain, right? Tubal Cain. Yeah, the god. The guy yeah, that's, that's uh... the first blacksmith. Yeah, that's also a Freemason term. The two, the two Balkan. Huh. It's two balls with a chain, like 007. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't make that connection. That's interesting though. But um, there's another group out there that I'm, I've been doing a lot of digging into the uh, Cosmists, and uh, that's, it's a. That's I, the one you just released, right? Yeah, and they're they're very interesting, and they're it, that's what I was kind of trying to ask with the uh, line making. If somehow these high level algorithms and computers and shit are able to uh, map people's thoughts and go where they feel like the betting man is going to go, and they set the line accordingly. I know that sounds stupid and kind of like science fictiony, but I, I mean, think they they use quantum computing, right? Oh, without a doubt. Why wouldn't they're mapping? They? They're mapping the brain out with Amazon and uh, SIS and yeah, the it's CIA. It's the same shit that. bankers use. You know, it's all the same thing with these, you know, these hedge fund guys. It's all inside information. Mm. You know, it's all that that next level tech and they have it, you know, and that's I, I, I'm with you. I, I honestly think that AI has a lot to do with setting lines, you know, a lot or quantum computing. You know, they take into boom and it spits it out. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It makes you wonder because, yeah, they always set the lines where there's movement on both sides. So I don't know. And how many Even, times is that line right there? You know, right. It, I mean, it, yeah, or it flips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it happens, but I feel I wonder if that's all kind of into in the equation. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, because when you learn about that, that system of, of thought that these Russian cosmists follow, it's like light years ahead of like the, the farthest that you could possibly think in the future. They're ahead of that by a lot. So it's, it's wild, dude. It's, it's really interesting to think what, what could be going on there with that shit. Yeah. I don't know what to think when it comes to those guys. Cause like the, you know, they say that the billionaires deal with astrology, you know, they're, right. they're dealing with the stars. That's where they get all their answers. And it's, like, okay, it, it, is there some repeating pattern in the stars that they're working off of? Or is it some dark energy that they're pulling from that they're able to to get this out of? It's like, who knows? You know, I mean, 
I'm, I'm not getting involved in the dark side of it. That's for sure. Especially not for a couple dollars. Right. Yeah, man. It's scary, dude. But, but it's all the money system, you know, it's, it's all driven by that green, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about money and that's everything now. And, and the, the thing that drives me nuts is all these YouTube channels, much like, you know, the regular YouTubers that are coming up and making it, you know, seem so easy, you know, like, ah, oh, everybody's winning. You know, I always win or, you know, like Mr. Beast who goes around and just hands out money and makes these kids think that like, it's so easy to just make money that you can just give it away. You know, when in reality, 99% of us are busting our ass living paycheck to paycheck and that's not reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd be one of the people on the corner asking Mr. Beast for cash. Like I would take the cash that he's giving yeah, out. I, like, I do not have cash to give out, but he's showing like my, my son has seen a couple of his videos and he's like, Oh, he's like, you know, make, he makes it sound like, you know, it's so easy to get $25,000 dad. I'm like, right. no buddy. I'm like, no, nah, it's not, you know, well, you gotta... if you see him talking about these fucking brain chips, Mr. Mr. Beast, you said yeah. that dude actually, um, endorses like the idea of having brain chips so of he course. does all these cool videos that kids like and then and and the reasoning that he thinks that these brain chips are good is because it makes it so that everyone can make money and that's never going to be the case N everyone's not going to be rich because then what is being rich that's then there's being no normal rich. at yeah. that point yeah you can't be happy without it's being communism. sad all that bullshit Ex yeah it's a utopia place that doesn't exist so yeah it's it's interesting, man, just the, the the agenda that's being put on kids, too. And then I'm kind of sketched out about how normalized gambling is because it is an addictive thing, right? I'm not saying that it's not a fucking extremely fun and and can actually help people in some way. Like if you're in a, you know, in a tight position, you end up getting lucky with a bet like that's pretty dope. It's a it's a pretty cool feeling to win a, a good amount of money on a long shot. But it's it's weird how normalized it's getting. And I, yeah. I think it has something to do with uh, social security, to be honest. It's yeah, like, to be honest, I recommend it, most gamblers go to Vegas at least one time because it teaches you what gambling can do. You're going to see <laughs> the craziest things in Vegas. You're going to see people sleeping on sidewalks. You're going to see people sleeping on slot machines, and they just let them be. And it's very. you're going to see a lot of sad things if you go to Vegas. And that's what woke me up to like, holy shit, you could die doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's an addictive thing. But yeah, I think it has something to do with Social Security. I think if you win enough money gambling, you're not even um, you're not even allowed to collect Social Security as an older person. So, yeah, I, I think crazy. it ties in with what we talk about every week, right? With the legalized pot, legalized gambling. They're just legalizing every vice possible. You right. know, why not? Because they've found a way to make money off it. So why not just keep draining the people? Because what's it do? It just creates a separation of wealth even further because it's like the lottery system. You know, it's the, the lottery system is basically praise on the lower class with this idea that, you know, you can you can make it big. Just you just got to buy this one ticket. You'll get the winner. And these people like, you know, they're they're These are people buying the twenty dollar scratch off tickets. You're like, fuck, dude, you, you can't afford that. But they have it. It's part of their blood net. It's in their blood now. And that's what I think the the legalized gambling is. I think the legalized weed is the same thing. It's just let's give it to them. Let's open up the floodgates, and because most people can't handle it. Dude, my mom seems to win those twenty dollar scratchers 
fucking often. I don't know how, but like she always has one of those. She's cashed in like every time I see her. I don't know if she gets way more and loses way more. And I just don't see that part. But she's not like one of those brag bragging types that just like would lie about that shit. But I don't know, dude. Dude, I'm she the one who gets the $20 scratch ticket and wins like a dollar. Right. I don't even yeah. think that's possible. <laughs> don't you get your money back at least? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, in my luck, I'd, I'd, I'd win a buck just so they gave me something, but I'd still be out. I remember I went pretty balls deep on scratchers when they were offering the um, $50,000 a week for 20 years. Or yep. no, $5,000 a week for 20 years. Sorry. $5,000 a week for 20 years. I was like, that'd be fucking nice, dude. I wouldn't have to work for like 20 years. They had a so, game in Connecticut. It was like million dollars for life. Like a million dollars a year? Yeah. Oh, damn. That's nice. I, did anyone want or was it like fucking Epstein's ranch? Oh, like, it's one uh, of those where, you know, oh, the winner wants to remain anonymous, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you know that Zorro Ranch in New Mexico, Epstein's Ranch in New Mexico won twice. The fucking like big lottery. Yeah. Well, how the fuck does that happen? Like That's how money laundering up. Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking like yeah, not this little you know five million dollar lottery. I believe the lottery's rigged too. Oh, it's all rigged. Yeah, I mean there was actually there were I, I gotta try and find this video, but there was actually a, a documentary done on how they used to rig those fucking uh, ping pong systems on the you know the nightly draws where they suck the ping pong ball up and draw the number. It was like rigged for the longest time. What the hell? Yeah, they could do different things with the balls and they would shoot so that they would be different weights. So only certain balls would go up at certain nights. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fucking wild. That's genius, though. But yeah, the whole system was and they so they had to redo it. And yeah, it's lottery is a scam, though. It, it's another way. They just find a way to take your money. They want to bleed us of every. And that's the sad part about being right. When you're when you're winning sports better too, it's the horrible part is that you're technically taking money from other people because that you're just dipping into the, to the Vegas streamline of free money. Cause the house doesn't lose. They don't. Mm -hmm. That's why they have the VIG, the juice. That's why you want to bet something with the spread. They add 10 bucks to it. Because over time, the percentages will have them winning no matter how many bets you play. Yep. Yeah, yeah the system is rigged against you. Once you learn that, then you can figure out, okay, now I have to play smart and I have to be efficient because otherwise you can lose your ass real quick. Yeah. Yeah, the numbers add up. I'm in the middle of a cold streak right now. I think I might have broke it, though, with this Packers-Rams game. So we'll see. Well, that's the worst but. is chasing, you know? I, I did that in college. I used to love betting college basketball, man. Because you know what? You start at 7 o'clock. Then there's a 7.30 game. Then there's usually like a Midwest game that kicks off at 8 or 8.30. And then yeah. you have the West Coast game. So you can always, you start out hot. Okay, I'm going to roll it over. You start out shitty. Oh, I'm going to catch it up. And man, that, that catches up with you after a while. Yeah, apparently you got to switch some way through. Like if you're going overs. Yeah, and they're hitting. You gotta find that point where you go for the unders. It sounds like, but I, don't I have this I ever bet unders. I've I've bet unders a lot lately because it's, yeah, it's weird how like NFL games they, the first quarters they for some reason have been hitting a lot of unders lately. When I started doing that, they were hitting a lot of overs, and it's weird because this is what happens with me every single time. Even when I bet like fucking international basketball, which I was doing for a little while. 
which is the most unpredictable fucking thing, dude. So I don't recommend it. But in the beginning, I cannot miss when I find a new thing. Like if I'm going like completions, quarterback completions for a game, going on the over or the under, hitting every single over and then missing them. And then I'm like, okay, I'll find a new thing to do. Who's the first touchdown scorer? This person hit like five or 10 in a row and then cannot hit one and then go to something else, hit five or 10 in a row and then can't hit one. And so I'm just finding new things. It's weird, dude. It's like, like I said, it seems like there's something that specifically caters to the better on an individual level in a weird way. I don't know if that is possible, but it just seems like it. Maybe that's just a selfish way to think too, though, but I don't know. Everyone does read lines differently. You know what I mean? Right. You know, everyone does have a different perception of a line. You know, you could see a line and be like, oh, my God, that's a gift. And I could see it and be like, it should be the other way around. It could be backwards. You know what I mean? Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they'll have the right line. They'll just switch it. Someone will look at it and be like, no, too many people are going to bet this. Just flop it. You yeah. know, because sometimes the algorithm's wrong. They definitely have human eyes looking at that before they put them out. Sure. But you know what's weird is that one place puts it out first. Who usually you know? one? It's sometimes different every time, but usually one bookie's putting it out first, and those are the guys who have the balls, and they usually set the market. Huh? Yeah, because you'd think people like DraftKings who come up with these lines a little later, they just take like all the other books and like take an average. You'd think. I mean, that's like the most easy way. Maybe that's a dumb way to do it, though. Maybe it's too simple. But here's what you should. Here's what I recommend my guys. I say, look for the movements. Look for movements in lines. You know what? You want to know what moves lines. Money moves lines. Big bets. People, yeah, big, bets. big bets. Whether it's, and you want to know if it's big money or if it's amount Collective. of bets. Exactly. Yeah. You want to know that because you want to know if you're betting against the public, if you're betting with the public, or if you're betting against sharp money and you know what i call early money i call that confident money early money so when you see that line move 100 bucks you know what i mean sometimes they're stupid and they lose but usually it's because someone has information but if it's the whole public on it then it could just be propaganda yeah in the stock market they call that sharp money as you say they call it smart money there's smart money and dumb money and smart money is the the money that moves the market and then the dumb money is like these idiots that jump on late like when Netflix jumps up back in the day when it jumped up, you know, tripled in price overnight, it still went up the next day, but not nearly as much because there were still people trying to ride that wave up to the top. Um, yeah, it jumped from like $99 to like 320 overnight and then up to 360 well, It's like the GameStop that shit, you know? That was goofy as fuck. <laughs> that was such a weird thing, that in AMC. So yep. weird. And Dogecoin. That was a good documentary, too. They did one on Netflix on that, on uh, GameStop. It was real good. Really? Yeah. That's interesting, man. Yeah, I want to learn more about Dogecoin. What the hell happened there? Because I got some serious cash with that. And then it's all gone now. All of crypto is a scam. Right. Of course. Yeah. It seems. It's going to be the blackout's going to come and it's all going to go away. And then when it comes back up, when the system comes back up, there's probably only going to be one coin. And you better yep. hope you got it. And you don't know which one it is. Yeah, it's like Willy Wonka. Do you have the golden ticket? Mm-hmm. I bet it's going to be like XRP because, you know, it's already integrated and everything. Shout you know, out. that's probably my guess and my bet. And I'm a casual with the crypto, but um, that's that's my pick. It's the only coin I have right now is XRP. 
but I don't know, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I've always been skeptical, especially with Bitcoin, man. That just seemed like such a fucking, I don't know. That was a gold mine for people if you jumped on early, though, dude. Imagine. Oh, yeah. No, people made <laughs> made fortunes off of it. But there was uh, also the other side. The people that were chasing and hopped in late, they lost their ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. There were some podcasts out there that were promoting it really, really late and mm-hmm. fucked a lot of people. Like, if people trusted these certain shows, that's bad. It's a bad look. Dude, but. there's a lot of fucking interesting shit out there when it comes to uh some of the people that do shows that i don't know you know everybody that we watch but that are out there doing this shit that have some shady fucking pasts oh yeah and it's it's wild man not and it's people you wouldn't even think and you're like what after the fact but there's actually a couple good youtube channels now out there that are calling these people out which is awesome interesting what what are some of the youtube channels doing that uh let me see here so i wouldn't mind watching that because yeah i'm i'm real skeptical of uh of rogan dude like with the shit i've been learning i I was always a little skeptical of it but then when you start learning more about on it and some of these other companies like the dude i found out that the guy that created on it was like the inventor of the fleshlight and he changed his name he was chris marcus and he changed his name to aubrey marcus after he started doing drugs and then like i don't know his dad was a big scammer and all kinds of wild shit so dude yeah so the guy the the one guy that i watch the most is chalk body outline chalk body outline okay yeah and he does he does like his whole show is basically you know not just people but he goes out you know he goes out to like disney and shit like that too but um you know like dude did i was watching one today about i don't know do you know that guy santos bonacci yeah he fucking killed a guy in 2019 isn't that that dude that we were trying to get a hold of? Doesn't he really not like Santos Bonacci or was that? No, he likes Santos Bonacci. He likes him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he likes him. No, yeah. It's supposed to he killed a dude in like self-defense, stabbed him to fucking death. And I was like, holy shit, dude, this guy. And this guy read his whole, the whole police write up and everything. And it was wild. Hey, hey, self-defense. I support murder and self-defense. Nothing oh, hell yeah. But all the but he goes into all these different people. But that's what you you don't find out about these people till after the fact. And what he's calling out is a lot of these cults that these people have too. What's right. the channel called? Chalk Body Outline. And uh, yeah, I'll put the link in the show notes too. But yeah, this dude he he goes o- he goes over like gets the actual arrest records and shit. And he actually calls out these people. Like they, I guess, I don't know if it's a telegram or discord where they goes in and he has a lot of chats with people and shit and asks them about, you know, these people they follow. And they're, they're like, they are fucking so blind and just obedient. It is a cult, you know, and you look at these different groups and podcasters and it's like, man, there's some shady big, you know, I found a Freemason at a, I was, cause I preach sometimes cause I'm just stupid. And I yell my opinion to people cause I just don't care. <laughs> and, uh, you know, something got brought up and, you know, the Freemasons got brought up and, um, I was talking about the Jake Paul thing to someone cause I bet huge money on Jake Paul and I was because I saw that Freemonic handshake. I knew it was a fix was in he took the dive and I'm telling someone that story and they're like, you're crazy. Da, da. And another guy came in and he goes, I'm a Freemason. And I go, yeah, what do you guys do there? 
And he wouldn't say anything. He was just like, you don't understand what kind of good we do. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah, what kind of good? And he's like, we donate to the hospitals and do all this. And I was like, you know, is that kind of more of like a cover? Like, I know you guys can afford it. You know what I mean? You got a temple in every city. Especially in Massachusetts. I can name at least 10 temples that I know of. I, and they just pop up out of nowhere. All of the memorabilia. Like, you're a huge thing, but nobody talks about you. How about you teach us something? You're at the poker table. Like, how about that? What's up with your handshakes? You know what I mean? I was telling him more about his organization than he could tell me. Well, see, and then that's the thing, though. When they No, but then he called over the poker guy table and had him, like, he was like, yeah, I don't want this kid talking to me anymore. You know. da, da, da. I swear to God, he he was so secretive. It was a huge big deal, and it was wild. It blew my mind, and it kind of scared me a little bit. And I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's a dude!" Guy's if you guys are bored and you have the time, ever if you're like ever you know flying somewhere, you're downtown, able to walk around in any city, walk around in some of the older buildings, and you'll find a brick or a stone in one of these buildings, like usually at a corner somewhere that's got the Freemason logo on it. And, and yeah. a lot of buildings. Yeah. They're leaving so, their mark. Yeah. Well, and they also help because they do help. They help donate. They help raise funds for a lot of Good organizations. Good luck finding them get filled, too, because you'd be watching for a long time. I remember I was just a young kid skateboarder, and I wish I'd seen it nowadays because I probably whip out my camera. But I seen one Find get what? filled late at oh. night at a, like 11 o'clock. I'm skateboarding in Lowell, Mass., in the Freemason Center, right next to Cobblestones Restaurant, got filled up. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you wonder what they're doing, man. I don't think everything they do is evil, and I think that a lot of the people are actually normal ass people. But just like any organization, take Catholics, take Christians, even take Jewish people, take all these people. There's a lot of good people at the bottom. And as you move up to the very top, there's somebody and and that that certain percentage at the top is pretty damn influential in all the wrong ways. And they're doing some pretty fucked up stuff. It's the same. um, It's the same with like the business world. Right. I mean, look at the corporate structure. It's not usually the workers that are the fucking sick, sick, twisted fucks. Yeah. Walmart, the employees there aren't the uh, assholes, right? It's the the management, (laughs) you know, companies don't rot from the bottom up. They rot from the top down and it's always bad management that, that ruins companies. And it's the same thing, you know, like look at, look at these secret societies. It's not the 95% of people that are members of these societies that are bad people. It's the, the, the minor little tiny percentage at the top that has perverted it. And like you said, they use it as a front for other opportunities. I mean, it's like the odd fellows, the odd fellows ran orphanages for ages and it was a cover for child trafficking. Right. No. And whatever other dark shit they were doing with kids. So, I mean, and, but they did it out of good, you know, the Shriners, another group did the same fucking thing. They used to have parades where they wear their little fez and they drive in these little cars and, but, per, you know, and it's the same twisted shit. 95% of these guys are good dudes trying to do well for the community. But you get the top that's just sick fucks that are parasites. Man, that's but, a weird thing to have an odd fellows orphanage, though. That just sounds wrong. It just it sounds old. weird. Yeah. Odd fellows random. orphanage. Huh. Weird. 
Yeah, it's it's weird time, man. You look back at like the 1800s and early 1900s and how shit formed and it was all started from certain groups and everything, you know, blooms out of these groups. Mm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm like I said, I'm in the middle of looking into those cosmos and there's something there and Rogan ties in with them, it seems like with that's what I'm curious about with the with the um, supplements and things like that that these companies and these in people sell like in for, and they get them to try them too. Yeah, yeah. man. So um, the way that I've seen it broken down, and what I'm trying to expand on a little more with as far as Rogan goes, is that he since he has this massively influential show, um, like supposedly Tesla is a sponsor of the show, yeah. right? Uh, he's an admitted transhumanist, but he doesn't really go out there and talk about it because he acts like he's more conservative lately because that's kind of the trendy thing to be. That's why he relocated from a liberal stronghold in L.A. to, you know, Texas. He's taking that influence that's Hollywood and moving it to a new location. Um, he's in it with on it from what I've heard as well, because on it and Infowars products are essentially the same thing from what I heard. This isn't me making this up. This is something and I'm not alleging anything. This is just, you know, hearsay. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, uh, they're, you know, Pilgrim Society dudes. Um, he's uh, and now this is another thing that I heard. I don't know if it's true, but with the whole um, like the the sexual scandal shit that's in like the mixed martial arts community. If you want to like graduate to owning schools and shit like that, you got to sleep with dudes and do gay shit similar to like the world wrestling federation and stuff like that, how that worked out. So this implicates like people like, you know, in that jujitsu world, I don't want to say too many names and shit because like when I'm, I'm going to do it kind of behind a paywall. So not as many people hear it when I, when I do it, but I heard some wild shit. And this kid that was talking about this before Matthew North, he ended up killing himself supposedly when he was bringing up the stuff about Joe Rogan and Alex Jones selling the same products. And, um, that, Basically, they're kind of like in DMT cults. They try and lay the the mapping of the mind out through these this DMT and then algorithms that are funded by the CIA and Amazon and all these companies. SIS is another big one. What's that do? Your headset cuts out. I, I, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. They got to be a part of a new MK or something. Dude, that's the thing. It's a it's a 21st century uh, MK Ultra, and it's yeah, it's uh it's beaming thoughts into people's heads through the drugs and like the drugs supposedly uh, allegedly like ketamine, which is another thing that's getting real popular and normalized. This stuff makes it easier for these things to access you. And who knows the same shit that's in the vaccines could be in these nootropics and in these supplements at low doses. And you're still consuming them. There could be aluminum and there could be like heavy metals in these things that don't go trace. And again, I'm not saying any of this shit. This is just shit that I read. Because it's sensitive so, stuff. That oh, dude, means they're, they're probably part of gamma programming, which is the misinformation programming. Yeah, they're out there to misinform people. That's what this guy was saying, too. He was saying that Eddie Bravo's put on the stage that he is because he's so bad at breaking down conspiracy theories that it makes people look stupid if they follow his advice. The way that he describes flat earth, he can't really have a, an intelligent conversation about it. He's got to have on like Dave Weiss and stuff like this. I don't know. I don't know the dude at all. Um, seems like a decent guy. But again, he ties in with that that gay mixed martial arts shit. Um, if that's if that's all real stuff, man, like it's it's tough to know. And how do you think they would let a show like Joe Rogan experience continue going on 
if it wasn't some sort of you know controlled opposition again based out of la i knew that you got uh, all the real truthers knew that was um he was propaganda the whole time right but it's so it's so um controversial to say because there's so many fucking loser podcast no but it's very easy to, to prove. get on that show and never will so it's they- very easy to prove because he makes mistakes and a lot of those podcasts are taken down but i remember it was like i was real young and he just came on and conspiracies was the thing conspiracies was all he did and he mentioned chemtrails and he was like chemtrails don't exist nah, 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 nah. and i was pretty much saying geoengineering does not exist and he right. just looked stupid at me and i was like this guy's done his career's over he's a bum he never came back on and talked about it. i was like oh yeah he's forever destroyed in the truth of community just right after that yeah and he, about- he went back and forth he flip-flopped on the moon landing too <laughs> well, what about Jamie Vernon's dad being a uh, military intelligence in the yeah. psychological warfare department? Exactly. His producer. I mean, there's some shit there, man. And like I said, I don't want to get I don't want to talk about it too much because yeah. last, last kid talking about this shit fucking killed himself, supposedly. So it's weird, dude. But I, I mean, I, I definitely want to learn more about these cosmos that want to resurrect the dead and create immor- immortal people and shit like that. And they're influencing Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, I think so. Well, yeah, and what you guys were talking about before here in this video that uh, somebody sent me on Instagram, it shows what happens when you combine aluminum and mercury, which are two pretty heavy ingredients and in what right. people are injecting into their body. And dude, this video is crazy. Let's see if we can get it. I see it. <laughs> Crystallizing, huh? Yeah, it forms aluminum oxide. So it's like it grows and fibers. Think about like what like that gets into your bloodstream, right? I mean, that's a that's a clot, dude. Yeah, that's a blood clot. That's what they're pulling out of these people's and bodies. See what right they're now. pulling out of people these days? They're not pulling out these little round clots like you used to see. They're pulling out these long ass black strings. So. Sorry. That's why, dude. Who knows? All the shit, shitty food we eat, all the poison water, and you know the skies get sprayed every day. We're gonna start finding freakish shit. And what they're gonna do, though, they're gonna offer us the solution. All you gotta do is take a pill, or take a chip, or take an injection, and they will solve all your problems in the short term. And in the long term, they'll kill you because that's what their plan is. So well, the plan is to hijack the DNA. I don't think it's to kill people. I think it's to make people immortal. I think that that's the goal. And you might think that that's counterproductive, but it's like what the Bible talks about where you'll pray for death, but it won't come because you're just a slave forever. And if they're resurrecting dead people to be part of that system too, which is another goal of theirs. And if they're using uh, hallucinogenics and psychedelics as embalming type shit for brains and organs and stuff, all that stuff doesn't sound as crazy as it did in the past. Did I don't know if you happened to listen to that thing that I was talking about, Matt, but the, the skull and bones three, two, two thing. Did you hear about that? What, what part? Like what the three, two, two and skull and bones supposedly is. 
with the AI and the third strand of DNA. No, I always heard it was a date. Yeah. So what it is, is supposedly, um, and this is what I was talking about in that, in that episode at the beginning was you have three, two, two for skull and bones. A lot of people think it's March 22nd and that has something to do with it for sure. But in your DNA, every single person uh, has in the double helix, you have 22 in each strand and there's the, it makes the double helix. Three strands, you, right? you have two strands of, of, of the double helix DNA. So you have no, 22. No, they want to create the third strand. Right? They want to create the third strand with 22 segments in it, in it as well. So you have your regular as a human being, God's DNA. You have 44 base sets of, of shit in your DNA. The 45th makes you a man or a woman. And then the other one is something. And then they want to introduce a third set of 22. So it's 22, 22, 22, kind of like three, six mafia, how they do three, six mafia, three sixes. That's three, 22. So, yeah, it's a triple helix DNA. Um, kind of weird shit, dude. I, I thought that was fucking incredibly dude, wild. Yeah. Yeah. My preacher was preaching that, but in different. He said you had 72,000 genes okay he gets that from your mom and you get seventy-two thousand genes from your dad and they wanted to add an extra seventy-two thousand genes and that's yeah you break it down to a singular level and it would be two hundred and sixteen thousand you would have and what's 72 plus 72 and it would be 600 times 60 times six to get that amount of genes which Mm. was kind of crazy and then if you see the queen before she died lit up the tree of knowledge with the third helix going up of it. Yeah, did you see that lighting? That was we did this on down the show. That was some wild shit. That was yeah, all that was symbolic. Wild. Fucked up. That yeah. was like some CERN level. Yeah, stuff. all my uh all my good preachers that I trust are going crazy right now over that. They've been preaching don't vax for forever, to be honest. Yeah, I think but it's, now it has it's something to do with immortality. It, it, the vaccines are different now with this mRNA shit. I mean, that's a whole nother level of of evil. But that lets you know that even like when was the skull and bones created, even they were referencing this fucking weird cult of these Russian cosmos, man. Yeah, but this is the Babylon. The this goes back to the Babylonian death cult. Right. Know? But they since in, in our modern cycle, right? Like yeah. this, this cycle of humanity, the, the skull and bones is still preaching this shit right i don't know if if babylon was talking about uh you know ai created shit or any of that stuff necessarily maybe they had a different term for it no they were trying to create you know they had nephilim instead where they had and they were they were crossbreeding animals and people and they were doing all sorts of fucked up shit that's why they brought the flood in right because they were doing they were doing the shit that we're doing now back then you know like an arcane level like, dude, yeah, just total perversion of God's creation. And when that oh. happens, we've seen it over and over again. He does not take too kindly to it. So I don't know what to think. I, I And I'm actually going to do an episode on this about, you know, uh, probably tomorrow, record it on natural versus synthetic. Because everything in this world, man, it's like it's been flipped upside down. Everything's inverted. You know, what? what's... What's logical is now illogical. You know, you everything has is just perverted. Religion has been is totally out the door now. Anybody that still practices, you know, religion, we have a you know that look at the top levels of that. That's just you know, ask ask yourself, would you leave your child with the Pope alone? 
I wouldn't. I mean, come on. I mean, but that's the leader of the Catholic world. It's like you guys already cover Islam. Uh, oh, little, the Islam Catholic. We shit? did that a little bit with uh, Colorado Dank, right? But not much. Yeah, Hinduism too. All that shit. Because that's like... what they want. They want the one world religion. You know, they want. Yeah, but bring... I'm like so confused of like, how is this gonna work? It's not. It's it's not. It's not a. It's not. It doesn't make any sense. It's a total perversion of everything it would be through massive massive death like a, a fucking like world war three i think could actually bring on world peace and a one world religion in that or a way. real because, plague yeah an actual one yeah something where people are so devastated by the fear of arguing with someone could just start this massive conflict and that will happen i mean that's why people are becoming so soft i think uh they don't even want to debate so we're getting there but um, we actually on cunt today, uh, we talked about this video that it would, it ran through. <laughs> you heard me right. It's a show that I've called cunt. Um, <laughs> there's a, it's a, it's a weird, like breaking down the checkmate of humanity. And it talks about all the shit that we've heard before, but lays it out in a really linear fashion. There's this site called real documentaries.com. Yep. And there's so much good information on that. I've been driving around. And just playing it, like just picking a random video and just listening to shit on there. Yeah, I love, um, I love that page. It's great. It's a great page. So, um, yeah, dude, just been listening to like uh, all kinds of, you know, information about the the potential one world religion and all that stuff. You know, I'm obsessed with the Lucius Trust. So that's like a, you know, something something similar. So what's your theory? Would you think it's going to be Chris Lam or do you have a different thing? No, I think it'll be something to do with it. Believe it or not, even though I'm just learning about this, I think it'll have something to do with this cosmism shit. They take Russian Orthodox religion mostly and then like Orthodox Christianity and mix it with like Eastern and Western philosophies. But it's more about um, there's a cosmic being that's controlling us all and they want to take a piece of all of our consciousness and upload it to something that they call the new sphere. N-O-O-S-P-H-E-R-E or whatever. And that's basically the biosphere at its final stage of evolution. And the people that created this whole ideology, um, one of them was uh, an early advocate for adrenochrome. He believed that transferring young people's blood into old people's blood would help them live longer. And also giving young people old people's blood would help their immune systems. Um, another dude created that new sphere idea with a Jesuit priest out of France. And then they talk about back in the fucking early 1900s colonizing like all the planets in the Milky Way and all kinds of shit. Like, well, you it's, know, it's fixing space about, and Christianity. You know, what's crazy about that, right? You talk about the blood thing. I was listening to uh, this guy, Old World Florida, and he's big into talking about the ancient history of Florida and how there used to be these this race of people that lived there that were, you know, large and they lived for a minimum of, of 95 years. And this was back up until the 1960s. And they used to swap blood with each other. They would do basically blood transfusions. And that yeah. they thought that was one of the keys to life was being able, you know, swapping and injecting each other's blood into each other. Which well, there's a new company, Ambrosia, that's doing that. It's a that startup company that's taking supposedly young teen blood. Yeah. You know, it's fucking little kid blood. Probably. What do you think the Red Cross has been doing forever? Hey, they're honest people over there. Yeah, the Red Cross. yeah. We never found any buckets <laughs> of cash hidden with Red Crosses on it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, Rosie Cross. 
All right, guys, this has been awesome. We've been going almost two hours now. Uh, Let's get out of here. Alex, let the people know where they can find you, brother. Profit picks at Instagram. I'm way too stoned right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta thanks for joining right us, man. We definitely, you definitely got to come back on. Definitely gonna call me anytime. We can definitely turn it into more of like a UFC podcast. Sorry about that, Matt. But <laughs> oh no, dude, that <laughs> happens I, sometimes. I said that last week. I'm like, man, next week we're gonna talk about. Yeah, set me up with Ryan. He's a good. He got me going. <laughs> he had the UFC conspiracies. He blew my mind. I'm on a rabbit hole right now. We'll have to get, we'll have to get your we'll have to get your buddy on Rye. Yes, get definitely. The definitely could do that in the future anytime, boys. That'd be well, if fun, you guys want to, if you guys want to get on that casual KO podcast, we can do that. But we do it late. I don't know how fucking late you're up over there on the East Coast. We do it eleven my time, eleven p.m. my time. What night? What's your time? Uh, mountains, Mountain Standard, half of your Pacific, the other half of your not because I have two houses because Arizona does not do. Daylight savings. Oh, yeah, I wish I had right. two houses. But yeah, eleven on uh usually Wednesday, dude. We were I no, think we're actually not a trying. Problem. Oh, okay. But well, it's gonna be one over there on the East Coast. No, as long we as got you're late over here. Okay. <laughs> Matt, if you're down, dude, it'd be a fucking fun one. We just go through and we do our picks, and then we usually talk just nonsense about the UFC. So it'll be fun to uh to see if you guys are down for that, man. It's... I'll see if I can swing that. Maybe okay. maybe we can make an appearance. Hell yeah, it'd be fun as fuck. But yeah, I just followed you. Stay over there, the mush. Yeah, we're going to stay off the fucking mush. I mean, there's not any uh, events coming up this year, but, uh, you know, for the rest of the year. But it's we got college bowl season, Ryan. I know, dude. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, I the, think... it's the worst gambling time with those. Those are, I mean, there's some that are easy money, but a lot of them are garbage because kids don't play and coaches leave. And yeah, it's not worth even putting any money on those. Unless you go to the big games, like Alex was saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The big games seem to always have like the most predictability in there. Yeah. I'm go New Year's gonna... Eve, New Year's Day. Those games are the ones you want to put money on. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, what do you yeah, got I'm... going? Oh, me? Yeah. Nothing, dude. Casual KO in this is is all that it is. So just uh, fun shit over there. Dangerous World Podcast always cooking up something. And uh, just trying to focus on getting this online store fixed up, changed over so that I don't have to make people wait a fucking half a year for a T-shirt. <laughs> Hand print them, man. That's hey, it was authentic. It was, but it's a fucking pain in the ass, man. So not doing that anymore, but not worth it, dude. It's not. But yeah, man. What about you? Ah, same old. I'm wrapping up the year. I got one more showing me and then. uh do a master debaters next week and that's it year's over it's the day so. after christmas right 26th yeah yeah christmas okay. is next sunday very nice so. fucking jumped up on me quick here oh dude it's so fast i can't wait for it to be over um uh, this saturnalia shit's getting me i don't know i got a fucking dark cloud over my head the last two weeks so i'm just you fucking grinch yeah it's gotta be we're all the and grinch I'm, and dude i am in the fucking <laughs> Christmas this year. I took two years off since I got divorced. I, I didn't have room for an, a, a tree in my apartment or anything like that. And I didn't really want one or any of that shit. I got, I'm renting the house now. Me and a boy went and picked up a Christmas tree. We decorated, went out, bought oh. decorations, all that shit. So I was like, I've had presents under the tree for like two weeks now wrapped and I'm ready to go. And then fucking as soon as I did that, 
it's like a dark cloud just came over and it's like boom 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 things just hit me from all sides so dude i like the decorations man i think it's the only time of the year where shit looks different like especially around here like i don't know i like it i, I, know I like lights some... man i'm all about lights just getting stoned and looking at weird lights is cool dude dude I, so. I live in blue light basically as soon as fucking the sun goes down i just turn on blue lights in my house and that's it i love it nice no, that's very jewish of you i like it. oh yeah well i have a i have a christmas blue tree blue and white only <laughs> there you go i don't cool, discriminate man. over here and next monday is kwanzaa so we will celebrate with style fuck yeah dude that'll will, be fun we will do it upright we will do a kwanzaa extravaganza i don't know what the We're fuck not. that is but it sounds fun yeah i don't either it just sounded good Hell yeah. All right, guys, you can find me at Great Deception Podcast everywhere. Instagram, Patreon, YouTube. Go check it out. It's been real. Alex, Rye, thank you, guys. Stay strong. Question everything. Makers of men. Creators of leaders. Be careful what kind of leaders you're producing here. I don't know if Charlie's silence here today is right or wrong. I'm not a judge or jury, but I can tell you this. He won't sell anybody out to buy his future. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Now I have come to the crossroads in my life. I always knew what the right path was. Without exception, I knew, but I never took it. You know why? It was too damn hard. Now here's Charlie. He's come to the crossroads. He has chosen a path. It's the right path. It's a path made of principle that leads to character. Let him continue on his journey. You hold this boy's future in your hands, committee. It's a valuable future. Believe me. Don't destroy it. Protect it. Embrace it. It's going to make you proud one day, I promise you.